but here it is, the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. Oh, hey, welcome to the Bourbon and Brothers Podcast. My name is Flynn. Yeah, I'm going to be one better. of the hosts for the evening. I'm here with my fellow hosts, Kevin Reynolds. Happy to be here. And Daru Hovkamp. How's it going, guys? And we have another stepbrother of the pod, Jeff Weckbach. Ready or not, here I come. Okay, that was a Thanks for bringing the energy, big guy. Intro <laughs> it's going to be fun. I was like, it Thank didn't sound like that. overly enthusiastic on my end, and he's right next to me. So I don't know here's, how that Here's something that I like to ask all guests when they come on with us. Jeff, have you ever listened to our podcast? <laughs> uh, I have not listened to a full podcast There we go. Episode. Okay. Uh, have you listened to a partial of the podcast episode? I have at least heard the introduction to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Great. Great. Just this is going to go Will swimmingly. you listen to this episode? Uh, to be determined. <laughs> Great. Great. Excellent. We have a following. That is for sure. Our, our bestest friends in the world are like, nah, it, I don't In my defense, I don't listen to any podcasts, so you might be the first. Well, well, Jeff, why don't okay. you tell everyone why you're on the podcast tonight? Yeah, because I here? am at Andrew Hubcamp's house. <laughs> <laughs> on the day that's we the only reason. Yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> I was like, hey, Jeff, uh, if you're going to stay here, you want to be on the podcast because we're recording, and he said, sure. And because I bring lots of energy to the party. <laughs> yes, obviously, with your. Man- <laughs> Where do you- we're going to need Jeff Savannah to come out? Um, <laughs> if, if this is going to be a good time. No boy. So. Well, throw to him uh, first so he can drink this bourbon and we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah. So, Jeff, what are you drinking? Do you like whiskey, uh, first of all? Uh, I I do not enjoy the darker liqueurs, um, but <laughs> I am drinking a 10-year-old uh, reserve from Russell's. Okay. So, bottom How do you like it? How do you like it? Um, it, it smells like most bourbons. It described the flavor to us. What what what's on? Oh, he just took it as a shot. Okay, well, uh, describe. It wasn't, there wasn't much in there. <laughs> a little bit of heat, a little bit of warmth. Um, bourbon whiskey, heat flavors. and warmth. Heat and, and warmth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, indeed. A little a little bit of caramel at the very end. Are you going to be drinking bourbon the whole time? Um, I'm going to drink some Louisville water mixed with. Elements that you find in bourbon. It's drinking a beer. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> that, was, that was the well. worst way to describe beer I've ever heard. Uh, oh, Camp, what are you drinking next to him? Uh, number 17. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, hold on. Luckily, I'm also Are you drinking... also enjoying some delicious Louisville water? Uh, actually, yes. I'm drinking actual Louisville water. Out of a water bottle, yeah, as I always yeah, do. Yeah, mine's a beer that was made in Louisville, so that's where the Louisville water oh. comes from. Hope Camp. Got it. I want you to um, tell me what you think of the whiskey first, and then I'll tell you what it is and the proof. I found it to be good, not great. So if it's super expensive, I wouldn't pay top dollar for it. If it is very cheap, I would buy that because it's a bargain. Um, what do you think the proof is? One oh eight. You are drinking old Ezra seven year. It's a hundred and seventeen wow. proof. Hmm, it's wow. seven year old 
old Ezra. Uh, if if you follow us on the Instagrams, uh, we did a tasting, and this was one of the Ezra tastings that we did. This was our favorite that we chose that night. Uh, Hope Camp was not present for it. Um, I don't trust his taste in whiskey anymore because it's fantastic. I said it was good. The what's the uh, retail on that? Old bottle? Ezra seven. That's it. Well. I can find it in stores here for over a hundred dollars, but you shouldn't yeah. pay that for it. You should pay yeah. eighty. Yeah, it's not worth eighty. Eighty is what I was fine paying for old, for old Ezra Seven, the rye, which I've previously said is the best rye I've ever had. Does anyone want to ask me what I'm drinking? Now I'm going to throw it back to Flynn. Okay. okay. Flynn, what you I am drinking um, also as part of the advent calendar that we're still working through now in May. And, and um, you were mad that I was guys. picking it. <laughs> oh, well, okay. Oh, Derby has happened. I am, I am Derby drinking night number 22, which is Larceny Barrel Proof. Um, I, I have some Larceny Barrel Proof in my basement as well, and so I topped it off with a couple more ounces. It's about 120-ish, maybe a little higher proof. It is quite good. Whenever I see it in a store, I grab it because it's about 60 bucks and it's a fantastic pour. Don't love regular Larceny, but the Barrel Proof stuff is real good. Kevin, would you like to tell I, us? I view it as a top five bourbon. Like, if I were to, like, yeah. go on TikTok and do the, like, here are the top fives, it, it's in my top five. It's fantastic. Really good for you, Flynn. Uh, I'm trying something for the first time tonight. Um, Two-time guest host of the podcast, uh, Joe Delabella, um, recently came to my home for Derby. You guys were there. He brought me a bottle of uh, Thomas S. Moore um, bourbon, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey that's finished in Chardonnay casks. Um, I have seen this on the shelf. It intrigued me for a long time because Flynn and I work at a place called Thomas Moore. Though Thomas S. Moore bourbon has two O's in it. Our university has one O, M O R E. Well, I mean, it's got. Um, I think Thomas it, Moore has two O's. That's what I was going to say. Thomas, Moore has, has, Thomas S. Moore has three O's. Yeah. Really good, really good point, guys. Thank you. I really I just do don't want the that. listeners to be confused. Um, I got a, a promotion recently <laughs> at Thomas Moore with one O in the word more. And um, so this was a really on theme gift from Joe for me. And, Kevin, what um, is your new title? I, it only has one O, by the way. <laughs> My title, Senior Vice President for Mission and University Advancement. Yeah, we only. So I like how you like, I like how you didn't put there. one up on mission, but you did put one up on advancement. <laughs> for those of you, who have been, yeah. uh, you know, three O's. He was counting the O's, and when he got to mission, didn't put up a finger, and then when he got to advancement, mm. put up another mm. finger. Um, <laughs> I, did, I did not put up a finger. I just gestured with my finger. Shut up. Nobody asked you. Um, so Kevin Kevin has been vice okay, president. So now he's just an older vice president, apparently, because he's senior, senior vice, president. vice president. Yeah. All right. A couple quick things. First of all, um, I've not bought it because I was not convinced it would return, I think, like an $80 price tag. And it absolutely does. This is fantastic. Thank you, Joe, for this wonderful treat. It's 70, uh, 97.9 proof, um, which is an interesting thing. Um, I did not know that this is by Barton. So oh. Thomas S. Moore was okay. the um, whiskey uh, distiller at um, what became Barton 1972 Distillery in Bardstown in 1889. 
in 18... What did you I said say? 1972. 1792 yeah. in... in <laughs> doing great, Bart. Bardstown, which, which happened in 1889. Um, you should put your readers on. <laughs> honestly, first of all, I have my readers on. You can see me. Okay. And get, get some bias vocals then. <laughs> I tried to read this very long thing very quickly. Um, so and he was I, trying to count how I, many O's was in it, and it was a whole big thing. So it's an extended cask finish uh, in Chardonnay casks, and it's fantastic. Even if you don't like Chardonnay wine, uh, the lighter uh, sort of parish fruity notes do come through in a way that doesn't make it feel like a sweet whiskey, and it's uh, it's a delight. So Chardonnay cask, Thomas S. Moore. Two O's and more, and it's delicious. Do we think Jacob still is still in South Carolina? Yes. No, he's not. He told us where he is. Um, uh, he's going to the King of Hazard. He said, oh, he's on the way back to he's Kentucky. To, oh, okay. He's meeting up with the King of Hazard for the royal mm. wedding. Yes, that's yes. right. That's right. The royal we wedding. We know yes. the King of Hazard, the coronation Kentucky. of Hazard, Kentucky. Yeah. Yes. So Jacob's um, going to be back in the son. state, kinda. Let me tell you, okay, Hazard Sam, is in Kentucky. My son found a um, he found this blue ribbon in our yard yesterday, and it was like from a birthday party gone by or something. And he ran up to me and shouted, "It's Coronation Day!" <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> um, and we initially thought they've been doing some very pro, like, uh, you know, Frozen England coronation yeah, day stuff sure going frozen. but actually yeah. it's because they've been watching frozen yeah. uh, a lot um at i would i just thought that his that godfather who is really into the monarchy <laughs> was, was was uh it was interesting uh and i was actually explaining to him concept. how i'm against the coronation but all he kept hearing was coronation so you know ah. What are we doing tonight, Flynn? I'm also very anti-monarchy, so let's talk about that. Okay. <laughs> let's, let's uh, tell, which is going to make our... It's all about the monarchy time. podcast that you and I are going to split off and do one day, Kevin. Very Yeah, confusing. it's all about <laughs> the English Can't monarchy about and the butterflies. Kevin's yes. with butterflies. Yes, with butterflies. I did find so there was a monarch gonna... laying eggs in my yeah, garden there are today, mo- too. monarch butterflies, right? Oh, so the monarch butterflies back. So we are really... This is a very interesting monarch conversation. I am shocked you're not drinking Eagle Rare. One monarch is not Eagle Rare worthy. How many monarchs do we have to have to have? It's a lot. It's okay. a lot of monarchs. Okay. Yeah. okay, okay. <laughs> <laughs> the answer is it's a lot. A, a, what is a group of monarch butterflies? Um, how do you, a murder of a butterflies? Coronation. Like what is I, that? Definitely murder. A coronation uh, of butterflies. Th- yes. When they when they're down. <laughs> that sounds right. That sounds amazing. Uh, I think it's a. I actually think it's a swarm. But that's un- that's disappointing. Kevin asked Kristen because she apparently knows things about uh, groups of animals, doesn't she? Do I remember Kang- that correctly? A group of kangaroos is a mob. A of cluster kangaroos. of butterflies uh, is called a roost. Oh, a yeah, that roost. checks out too. A roost. Okay, so you have to have at least a roost of butterflies to have eagle rare. Got it. Okay. Um, Alice, quarantine asked me this one time about like what would be like the greatest experience in the garden, and I was like, I need like five different types of butterflies and multiple of each of them just frolicking get, get like around. Get like a nice uh, swallowtail so, in there. Yep, many, yeah. many swallowtail. Oh, yeah. Got some husbands. Speaking of quarantine, though, I also do have to kind of do a mea culpa from last episode, or maybe it's going to be nine episodes ago. I don't know how we're releasing this. But um, the bourbon balls that were number one on our ball list was given to me as an idea by her. 
and I forgot to give her credit because I was just so aggressively challenging. You plagiarized on this podcast? For shame. I wouldn't say I plagiarized. That I is put it academic. Where it she said bourbon balls, and I was like, that's a good one, and then I put it number one. That was my decision. Academic right. fraud on this podcast. We're going to get sued by your fiance. Yeah, no, she's okay. She's, awful, she just dude. said she wants credit, and so I'm giving her credit in a very public forum, taking a mea culpa. I am disappointed in you. And it did. Flynn, what are we doing tonight? Tonight we're going to do a nerd debate where Jeff is going to pose some questions to the three of us and decide who wins. Uh, and then we're going to do a fictional battle royale um, with uh, some fictional characters, and they're going to battle it out. Um, maybe. Depending on the group that you actually want and to. And before we do that, of course, would I have definitely a quick question. Everybody. Obviously. Go ahead. So here's today's quick question. Uh, sponsored by friend of the pod, Daniel Graham. A while back, and this this has been percolating in my mind for a bit, Colin sent out a message about a new transfer that's playing at UofL called Storm Duck. Yeah. <laughs> which is the that. name. Incredible. Yep. Absolutely amazing. Hilarious. Um, to which D. Graham responded with, just wait for Drought Mallard. Mm. Also hilarious. But a bad analogy. So if we're doing like, you know standardized test analogies storm is to duck is not what drought is to mallard yep. so i would like us to come up with an analogy that storm duck who like who's the counterpart of storm duck i think he's saying storm is to drought as duck is to mallard which is not true calm to storm no, right true. like it, calm is the opposite of a storm. so i'll go first blizzard puffin <laughs> is my name Blizzard puffin, interesting. I don't. I think a blizzard is also a storm. Yeah, that's fair. Um, but it's a type of storm, and you know, I think that yeah. aquatic bird, but a cold aquatic bird, I think that checks out. You can be opposite. You can be syn synonymous. You could be mm. different. It's an analogy. Make it your own. But I would like to know if storm duck is lining up, and you need to put a different type of thing similar to that across from him to stop him or beat him or whatever. I've got Blizzard Puffin on the squad. I'll go with Tornado Falcon. You're going with Tornado Falcon? I think that's terrible. Yeah. That doesn't fit at all. My my name is a calm bunny. Bunnies aren't even birds. But bunnies at Easter are the opposite of the ducks. So like you have little cute little ducks at Easter time, but you also have what about cute the chickens? Little bunnies. The cute little chickens. Yeah, but this is just this is what I've decided. Welcome to Jeff's head. I think I'm a sprinkle snake. I'm a sprinkle snake. Sprinkle snake. Sprinkle. Oh, that, that, I mean, that's a lighter storm. Mm. And, and a snake, snake is, is that a what, lighter mallard. Is that what your penis right. is named? Sprinkle opposite storm. Snake. You know. See, if I was going opposite. Not, not at all similar to If I was duck. going opposite of a duck, and I don't know that there's a true opposite of a duck, but my other thought was then flood goose. Flood goose. Opposite of a duck to me feels like albatross, right? It's a really big bird. But I went totally, like, what's the opposite of feathers? I think it's scales. Mm. And what's the opposite of flying? I think it's slithering. So if the opposite of a storm is a sprinkle, or I guess a sunny snake, maybe sunny snake works better because it's the opposite yeah, of a clear, storm? Clear sky. Clear sky McGee. I don't know what a McGee is in this situation, not, but this is quite possibly like, the like worst. The guy from, the guy from NCIS? 
What does that have to do with that? The guy from NCIS is the opposite of a no, duck? No, Mickey was a bad example. I mean, just, it didn't feel right to be pretty, like, uh, pretty Clear Sky Sparrow. Duck. You know, Clear Sky Sparrow sucks. So, Mickey sounded better. Anyway, that was today's quick question, sponsored by... Right, I'm going to move us on. Daniel Graham. So, Jeff has some questions for us. So last time we did this, where there was an all-time judge, Colin, Colin posed some questions to us, and uh, the three of us answered. Uh, quick recap, we only get 30 seconds, Kevin. Uh, 30 seconds to make our argument here. Kevin. Yeah, yeah, cool. Sure. Kevin, we have 30 seconds. Why are you so hung up on the 30 seconds now? 75 episodes, and now you're like, oh, Kevin, 30 seconds. Kevin, 30 seconds. 30. 30. Listen, Kevin, I've been trying to, to rein him in 30. for a while. And I was about to kick it to Jeff, but then he walked away uh, because he's obviously <laughs> right a professional here. podcaster. <laughs> so well, Look at him. He can, he can walk away and in, still have his headphones. That's true. Kevin cannot. He has walked Kevin away still has to get more beer. Which is weird because it's a bourbon podcast, <laughs> and then to get his phone <laughs> off the charger so he could do his segment. <laughs> good, good. So Jeff, what are some questions that you have for us? Okay, so I was told I'm not allowed to ask what the best theory of universal creation is tonight because that is just too deep, and uh, we get you guys off off your guards a little bit. But if I there was a head-to-head a, battle yeah. amongst mythical creatures, which one are you picking? To represent you, oh. uh, Jeff. We would like an yeah. order in which Sign we are to give this answer. Uh, let's see here. Who has the most O's in their name? Um, I believe that is Kevin Reynolds, <laughs> right? How? Yeah. So Kevin, <laughs> show your work. <laughs> Kevin, Kevin Patrick all- Reynolds. How many O's are in there? <laughs> One. How how many are in Andrew One. William Hofkamp? One. All right, so break that tie because Flynn sucks and at this Patrick game. Flynn actually <laughs> has zero. Yeah. So I <laughs> so then break went the tie to here. titles and senior vice president of the rest of Kevin's phraseology has three. <laughs> so that's four. I don't even know what Huffcamp is. So I mean, one. I'm a school counselor. Still I mean, school, my still name is actually. That's a lot. My name school is actually Doctor Kevin Reynolds. And there are two O's in Doctor and one so, O in Reynolds. So, Kevin, you're up first. Hovcamp second. Flynn, third. That checks out. Math. I did not want to go first. Well, you should um, have. I think that an easy answer to this debate is the Basilisk... Um, I looked up the basilisk, uh, also sometimes referred to in uh, mythology as a cockatrice. Um, the thing about uh, mythological creatures, um, you know, you could go with the hydra, you, you keep cutting off its head. How do you kill the hydra? Well, you just instantly look at it and it dies. The way that the basilisk works is if it looks at you, you die. Um, it's a fantastic beast uh, of mythology because it causes death death with a single glance some turn you to stone which we know aslan can undo some uh, are difficult to kill as a mythological um, creature though can un can unturn people to stone um as we've seen but uh, i think the basilisk is a is a underrated creature of mythology that is just a complete badass and almost a cheat code because all it has to do is look at you and you die 
Unless you're blind. Unless you're blind. Also... Or the basilisk is blinded. Fair point here. Basilisk is a real creature, too. I don't know if you guys all know that. It's a lizard. It is. It's not at all the mythological creature. No, I get that. Okay. I, I'm not Jacob Pretty, so I can't fun fact it, but... New World Encyclopedia. The basilisk, sometimes referred to as a cockatrice, is a mythological creature, most often depicted as a reptile, and is reputed to be the king of serpents. King of serpents, yeah. There's a lot of uh, great things that honestly are a little bit undersold about the basilisk in Harry Potter, including like the potency of its venom. Um, my first thought, and the way Jeff phrased it is, you know, if we're doing... If our three creatures are doing battle versus like who would maybe be the one that I would prefer to go up against... Um, allegedly, you can kill the basilisk by showing it its reflection in a mirror, and then it petrifies itself and dies. Um, you cannot do that with Fenrir, the giant wolf that will kill Odin. So that's going to be my pick, uh, because he is incredibly strong, um, immortal son of Loki, and I forget who else, um, but is destined to kill the supreme leader of the god of North mythology in Odin. So... I think there's a lot to be said for the power of that um, and just how much of a general badass he is. Um, so he might step on the uh, basilisk along the way. Can the basilisk get up and look up that high to even look him in the eye? I don't know. We'll have to find out. Um, so so you're talking Fenrir from like Norse mythology, yeah. not from uh, the Marvel movies. No, Norse mythology. Okay, yeah. fair. Although I do think the Marvel movie does a relatively okay job at portraying the at least the gravity of Fenrir but he's too killable because like in, during Ragnarok Fenrir will be like the catalyst uh, and kill Odin and like just wreak all havoc until he fulfills that destiny so my answer isn't necessarily going to be like who can win in a 1v1v1 battle I'm going at it more of what are some of my favorite creatures that are depicted? I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to answer a different question than the one you asked, Judge. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> I did say head to head, right? Equally no, as badass. Equally as badass. Um, and one of my favorite creatures that's depicted in in fiction is the siren. Um, and so the 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 mythical creature of a beautiful woman that that comes out of the water to seduce sailors and 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 island folk that that drags them back into the water and to their impending death. So um, it's one of the coolest things, and it's depicted across many different genres of fiction. Um, that's one of those myth mythical creatures that is done really well in a lot of different uh, movies. Oh, Brother, Where Art um, Thou does and it fantastically. It's great, yeah. Oh, Brother, Where Art Thou, yes. Um, my, my bro, uh, Nick, or, uh, uh, George Clooney is in that movie, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm from Maysville, as we And that know. movie is based on what? That's a great question. Probably history. Um, uh, no, 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 no. Definitely not, not history. history. Some might say mythology. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, it might be uh, history, right? You never know. <laughs> mythology is all based in history. Um, so, Think yeah, the siren. poem where the sirens exist. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I don't know. Uh, it's based on the Odyssey, on, dude. Yes. Did you do no research okay, sure. for this? Clearly not. <laughs> I did not do any research on this. But the siren like, is, sirens. is... I got it. Yes, sirens are really, really cool, um, and they can be adapted in many different ways. And that's how that's how I want to answer this question. I could have gone dragons uh, because they're basically dinosaurs that are magical, and Jeff probably would have picked that. But I'm going to go with my heart, and I'm going to go with the siren. Okay. I mean, you could have gone with a so, chimera, which also breathes fire and is cooler than a dragon. 
So as I'm unpacking this, as three um, heads. What what was kind of easy was to eliminate Flynn's answer. <laughs> I'll, I'll start there. In, in Flynn's defense, Welcome to our podcast. if you look up like strongest mythological creatures, Sirens is on way too many lists. But but see, so my issue with Sirens is I think of like Scylla and Charybdis, and the Sirens never had any effect on them. So there's no evidence to prove that a Siren will have an effect on any other mythological creature. Humans, yes. So if this was like I'm in a room, Siren's probably gonna One win. One of the other lists I was looking at had Scylla as on the list of like the worst because, and then it literally said like sailors went that way because it was lesser of two evils versus Charybdis. It, I was like, why would you put Charybdis on the list then? It, Clearly, it everyone was, thought but it was the but list. I think that yeah. Anyway, those so, sucked. So sorry, Flynn, that uh, I'm not buying your argument there. And and honestly, I think I think the basilisk would beat. Uh, Fenrir in in a fight. Um, I agree. You know, with that. he yeah he he will either stone him it. to death, right, or one bite of his uh, teeth, and that's it. And wolves, if you've seen them fight, they uh, they get a little rough and tumble. They take a lot of take a lot of hits along the I way. Think, I think the poisonality aspect of it, it could end in like a mountain versus the viper situation. But technically, the mountain wins that. So anyway, I I am ruling out of these three the basilisk. Um, if anybody would have walked in and said Cthulhu, I probably would have given them the win right from the start. But that's uh, neither here nor there. So well, Jeff had a clear, correct answer in mind. I did. Just yes. A wrong. I don't know if that's how you guys. Do not this, how this works. <laughs> you're the judge, man. We definitely don't do this as who agrees with me the most. <laughs> it's supposed to be who makes the best argument, and also it caused me to agree with them the yes, more than the other. But also, don't pick a wrong answer. But I thought I think I did that, and I think you well. did a good I job. I think I did a great job on yeah, that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah, good job. So. I don't know why you didn't want to go yeah, first because yeah. I thought Basilisk was the answer. So, Hydra is a pretty good answer to that. Um, Hydras are easy to kill if you just don't chop their heads it. Yes, you go for the heart. I almost said Kraken because that's that's a, a, a would have been way better than better, Siren. Yeah, it's a better for this type of question, but I didn't want this to be the question, so I, I answered the question <laughs> that I wanted him to answer. Um, I know. As I already said all that. good politicians great, do. Great strategy. What, what yeah. was the question yeah, I, you wanted me yeah. to ask? Coolest. What's the coolest mythological creature? <laughs> uh, the coolest uh, dangerous, d- deadly mythological. Okay. So my second question, what's the coolest mythological creature? <laughs> Flynn, you go first. <laughs> That's not true. What's okay. your next you texted us your next question. I you know, can change it and if you want that to be the next question, I'll figure it out. On you the can. Spot. Let's go. And I can answer I, 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 I I'll actually go with would. I'll go That's with Siren again. I'll just I'll, I'll <laughs> play it back. <laughs> Four minutes. Okay, is that the question? You have thirty seconds, sir. To, to answer the coolest mythological creature. Yep, that's exactly right. Okay, rewind the tape and say, and I want to say exactly <laughs> what I did last time. Um, but the coolest mythological creature is actually Cthulhu. Uh, because... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, describe Cthulhu to me. Uh, giant, mile-long creature god that comes out of a different dimension to take over this dimension. Tentacles everywhere. The Call of the Cthulhu is a great game. Um, Jeff is finally getting into D&D a little bit, and so um, it's more Star Wars-based, I've heard, and he hates Kevin's character, I've heard. 
But he's not even in the same group um, as Kevin's character. My character is a Trandoshan, and his is a Wookiee, and that's a whole other topic. Okay. Is that the third okay. Question? So Cthulhu no. is is. Um, <laughs> Uh, one of my best memories of Cthulhu was uh, uh, during a D&D campaign and Slam had us uh, battle Cthulhu uh, at the end and it was really, really cool. Um, So Cthulhu is one of those um, creatures that is a a god that takes over the dimension that it comes into and that's probably why it's the coolest. Okay, fair enough. We are going to move to... uh, Andrew looks more ready than Kevin, so... I'm going to go with the Sphinx. Uh, the Sphinx is amazing um, because, granted, this the one outside of Thebes that Oedipus bests then kills herself, um, which is her own way to go out, sure. But it's just like, there's nothing you can do. Solve this riddle. If you don't, I'll kill you. And you just have to accept that fate or go a different way. Um, and that's the most amazingly badass way to just live your life, uh, throwing riddles at people and murdering them if they don't uh, succeed. But also, in being a murderous terror, sphinxes, I feel like, have also created like, this sort of ethereal respect about them that most murderous entities of mythology don't have. Sphinx. I once wrote a short story uh, about a sphinx that turned it into a character that Flynn portrayed at my house where he walked around with a giant metal stick that he found in my garage, and uh, yeah, I was, was not happy about that. So, <laughs> no, no, she definitely Fair wasn't. Enough. Even better. Yep. Another right. reason why they're the coolest. All right, Mister Doctor. <laughs> um, I was spending some time on the fly trying to come up with the best arguments for the Minotaur, um, because Minotaurs are awesome creatures. I would always play as one. When I would do the like thirty day free trial of um, World of Warcraft, uh, but the one I think is awesome that we don't talk about enough because I think he was plagiarized by J.K. Rowling and turned into a little wimpy piece of crap was uh, Cerberus, the three headed dog um, that was often referred to as the Hound of Hades. Cerberus was a massive creature almost never bested and was uh, associated with guarding the gates of the underworld. Um, I think that Cerberus is just iconic in a way that in Greek mythology, they where dragons and all sorts of other things exist. Hades just chooses this creature that is pure muscle and canonic, uh, ferociousness that would allow for <laughs> or canonic um, ferocity. It to, to, if you were trying to, you know, speak other words. I was in level five English, <laughs> not level one or three. I don't remember what you were in. Probably level one. So I don't want to talk about it. Um, At public school, we don't have levels of English. There's a lot of arguments to be said well, about not having levels. Yeah, sure. That's so for I think, a different podcast. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so I think, um, that's what I think. Okay. So, if, if only you would have ended your statement with a riddle, that probably would have sold me on the Sphinx. I mean, I can do the Sphinx's riddle. Which is? Uh, the shorter version, if I remember correctly, is, um, first I am on four legs, then I am on two legs, and then I am on three legs. What am I? It's a human. 
It is a human. Yeah. You may pass. I may yeah. pass. You may come into my home. Yep. That's actually how I got in today. By, <laughs> by me asking you that riddle? What? No. Okay, okay. I was gonna say. I'm sure Allison's right. having a blast It was a different riddle. Too. It was called Solve the Hide-A-Key. <laughs> and it was tricky. <laughs> so. Where did you, you hide all it? all made some very good arguments. Uh, when it comes to the coolest creature, I it pains me to say this, but I do think it is uh, Cerebus again. So, Kevin. What's the point of the riddle? Kevin is doing well. <laughs> I just wanted to test you. Okay, that's fine. You would have ended with a riddle. I can tell you the Sphinx is riddle. No, it, and the big <laughs> the big factor actually is that it can be portrayed so many different ways. And the, the fluffiness of it, which you said didn't do it credit. I mean, dogs are pretty cool uh, all around. And to be the protector of well, the now underworld. You're turning, now you're making a different argument than what Kevin made. This is poor. He did talk about it. Anyway, okay, so I guess I get one more question yeah, for you guys. One more question. Okay. And really wanted to see if the chicken or the egg came first tonight. You can still do that. But I would rather ask you guys to tell me if we could live in any other book, movie, what would it be? Like, which the is universe. the best universe to live in? What's a book movie? A book or movie. The word or. The Princess Bride is a book mm-hmm. movie, Flynn. That, that is very <laughs> apropos. Yeah. Something that I've seen. Since, Allegedly. Since when? <laughs> uh, I saw it a couple years ago. I couldn't I couldn't describe it. You couldn't describe <laughs> any of it. Very Probably early not. on in the podcast, Flynn talked about how he had seen The Princess Bride. We didn't believe him, so we made him do quotes. So we all did quotes from The Princess Bride, and he missed them all. That's fair. So As Jeff gets around. up again and continues to talk away from the microphone what is happening he, he acted like if he talked into the corner of the room that it, the microphone would pick it up the same so, so what's fantastic is i do not have a face for radio so um apparently uh, this is going i thought he was gonna way. sit there quietly going started talking and i was like that's a bad idea yes. would that would how the grinch stole christmas be a book movie too Kind of no. Okay. What anyway. is the next question? I already asked movie. it. <laughs> if you could live in the universe of a book slash movie, which a book are movie. you choosing? Yes. Yep. Okay. Yep. And what's the order? Since, since you haven't gone first yet, uh, Mr. Huffcamp, you can go first, followed by this is what I don't want to go first. Mr. Reynolds, and then rounding uh, rounding us up will be that's not that's not my name. Uh, Mr. Doctor Reynolds, or is Thank it Doctor Mr. Reynolds? Senior, senior, Mister Reynolds. Senior, senior Doctor Reynolds. Mister Vice. And, and we'll let Flynn go last. I will allow forty-five seconds for well, your. Well, I, I have a time. question. Am I how specific can I be? Can I say Shire or is it all of Middle Earth? I I would say since the question is about the universe that it's you're all in. Middle Earth. Yes. Good question. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Futurama. Um, it's not the show that I would necessarily in, enjoy living inside of the most, but I think the universe of that show is, imagine being able to go to all kinds of amazing crazy planets as a delivery boy even. Um, you still get to like, I could actually exist in that planet and survive, in that world and survive. A lot of these other ones are very dangerous, like incredibly dangerous. And yes, you could 
be a hobbit or a wizard in Middle Earth, or you could go to Westeros and experience a cool area, but you're going to die probably really young. Um, none of us are equipped to survive in those types of environments. So I'm going to choose the one where I am equipped to survive, where even if I'm not equipped, they'll make me survive because of the technology, um, and that because of all of the technology, I get to experience lots of unique and amazingly cool, fantastic stuff at the same time. Okay? I gave this so much thought. I actually, And I was sure the answer was Star Wars. And then it was like, wait, no, it's not. And then I was sure the <laughs> Watch Andor, was it's not Star Wars. Wars. Wizarding World. And then I was like, no, it's like, I gave it so much thought. And then I listened to the last episode of the podcast we released, and I started talking to Sam on the ride home, and I said, do you want to watch Wreck-It Ralph? And he was like, absolutely. Hmm. And we watched Ralph Breaks um, the Internet, and it got me thinking, honestly, how cool would it be to be a video game character in the Wreck-It Ralph universe where you can go in between different video games, interact with different people in this time where you you just get to play with other folks and in uh, you know across different genres of video game and have relationships with them and th- the way in which they travel through the internet in Ralph breaks the internet is it makes it a movie that's even better than the first one and it's so interesting. That where the I'm sorry, are you saying Ralph Breaks the Internet is better than the greatest racing movie of all time? I am saying that. Old statement. I am saying okay. that. Absurd. Um, Absurd. And, oh, it's it's better. And I it's it's among the sequels better than the, the originals in the universe. But Ralph Breaks the Internet, Ralph, Wreck-It Ralph, the Wreck-It Ralph universe, I would love to exist in. I don't care what my game is. I can go do other things in other games. It's just awesome. Okay. Interesting. Interesting statement. Thank you, Sam, for that suggestion. I also went back and forth on a few of these. I'm still not 100% sure what I'm going to say, but um, I'm definitely not going to say The Hunger Games, um, even though I feel like I'd be in one of the good <laughs> districts. <laughs> I feel like I'd be in one of the you good can't, You can't pr- decide what district. district I just <laughs> asked no, where you're going. Can like I pick the, the Shire or no? It's like, all Middle Earth. Okay, I'm, you have a I'm not, like, like Mays, I'm not saying district. this. This is not my one answer. This is not my answer. This is not my answer. I can't wait for the thought about. I thought about Coco and the Land of the Dead um in the movie coco and how it, it's basically um just heaven um heaven? As, as long as you can uh be remembered by people but then i'm, I'm not mean, a memorable obvious... person yeah i, um, I know I mean, our i know our podcast is going to live on forever um and and gain a lot more notoriety than when we're living we're probably going to have yeah this we're like the artist a, that was uh, yeah that died in destitution it's like but was famous after they died van gogh yeah who yeah there's like a van gogh the Emily Dickinson of podcasts. Right? Yeah, we're we're basically Van Gogh. Um, but I'm gonna say Pokemon because um, the Pokemon universe is very similar to ours, except the the wild animals out there are Pokemon, uh, and you can become a Pokemon trainer if you don't if you want, or you could not. Uh, but I feel like being a Pokemon trainer, Pokemon catcher, would be like the they... coolest job ever of just. Uh, oh, trying to go out to and catch 
Yeah, well, yes. Um, but that would be a really, really cool thing to do. Uh, and living in the Pokemon universe, um, y they use Pokemon to their advantage. They, 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 they partner with these magnificent creatures to make the world a better place. And so living in that world where there's harmony between humans and Pokemon, and yeah, there are bad people that, that take advantage of the Pokemon, um, but, but living in harmony with them to create a better world would be a really really cool this is thing a, to this do. is a, maybe a naive question because i don't pokemon um what's the battles that feels like anti-harmony it's like cockfights and dog yeah fights. we're all cool with that in the world we live in today the difference is we? is that the blood isn't real because they just go <laughs> and they get resuscitated by oh, um, one of the joys because all the nurses are named Joy. So, just to be clear, the title of this episode will They're be... They're Invincible It's monsters. like cockfights and dogfights, and we're all cool with that. A quote by Kevin Reynolds, just now. Yeah. That was yeah. not my the argument. I, I don't want... Is, Jeff, <laughs> I don't want you to, to, to include that with my argument. That was not me that you, said that. So. You said harmony. <laughs> I said, what's wanna... the point of battles? And Kevin said, this is the underlying truth of the universe. That's all. And the answer, and what I said is true. It's basically the same thing as cockfighting and dogfighting, except that the animals that you're fighting are invincible, so you can bring them back to life quite easily. Um, the other thing, Flynn, I just want to say, if you want to go be a poacher, you can go <laughs> be a poacher. Christ. Like, I will allow you the time <laughs> to quit our work and go enslave animals, capture and kill animals, and repurpose their... Skins, guts. Like if that's what you, if that's your ideal universe, go do that. Yeah. Like live your life. Go, go murder African lions. So go be a Kelsey. So, so okay. So lots that's, of great. That is a very reductive arguments. way of viewing Pokemon. All but, I heard okay. was that you want to go big game hunting in Africa. You piece of. Sh so, that's what, he said. <laughs> that's what he said. I will okay. say, as I've heard these three arguments, there was one that that just did not stand up for me. So. I can move off of that pretty quick, and that one is Wreck-It Ralph. <laughs> wow. Yeah, interesting. I, honestly, okay. did you forget the whole plot of the first movie? How you can't go in other games successfully without causing chaos. And if you get unplugged, you're dead. Like, yeah. you have no control over that. You at least have some yeah. control in the no, other. If you two. get unplugged, your game is dead, so you go into the universe. I don't think that was quite how it worked, though. It is how it anyway. Works. They all try to escape to the internet. You've already lost, Kevin. Don't. Which is you won two. Anyway, Kevin, explain so then, what the internet. I knew is. he wasn't going to give it so, to me. So when I went into this, I was hoping no one would pick something that was like you know Lord of the Rings, right? Because who the hell wants to have to like scrounge so hard for your food and all that kind of stuff, right? Mm -hmm. So you guys, there's no air there. conditioning in Middle Earth. That's terrible. Well, I right, think if you right. And I thought a lot about like don't, don't live near mountains and the, the whole evil and doom and stuff like that too. But no air conditioning is way worse than than Mordor. Right, and there's plenty of air conditioning in Futurama. But then, as you guys are there talking, is. there was that issue with Mewtwo Strikes Back, where there was not harmony. Right, I, you've seen that movie, right, Flynn? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Mewtwo's kind of pissy and like you know comes out. Yeah, him. humans but, take things to an extreme for sure. But with the way that the Pokemon do basically all of the hard jobs for everybody, and the way that you have that just bond from a trainer to creature standpoint, the Pokemon love that. At least in the show, 
That's how they're portrayed. It's portrayed now, that they love it. Maybe that's massive propaganda, but I gotta go with the Pokemon universe, <laughs> right? Thank you. Yes, agreed. Because in that universe, you have all the luxury of modern day. Jeff, I'm gonna give you a list of hotels you can stay at tonight. <laughs> <laughs> <That's fine>. uh, <laughs> so. The only person that didn't win the debate is uh, the one you're staying in his house. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I just heard you that Hope in, came in second. Of the way you're being but, but if you're counting scores, he did come in second in three of them, right? So, ish. This is not ranked choice voting, Jeff. This is first or last. <laughs> Ricky Bobby. Okay. This is this is a standard horrible <laughs> democracy. That's fine. Yeah, I came I in last get, twice, but I'm first in the last. If you ain't first, you're last. Okay. Okay. Anyway, we've solved those. What's that equations. from? Caddyshack. Not the best racing movie, that's for sure. Oh, Caddyshack. <laughs> not not even in the top three racing movies of all time. <laughs> Oh, uh, we're great. We're great. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Well, okay. thank you for that. Well, Jeff, do you have do you have any comments about how our brains work? Oh, you're, I've always known Those that, are comments, not questions. We have had some interesting brains <laughs> amongst us that when we get together, it is like debate club on steroids. Um, mm-hmm. Even if we all agree, one of us is going to pick something just out there just to be that person. So, yeah. Yes. Or try to reframe the question. Yeah. Because we don't have no any reframing the question yeah. is not what happened. He changed oh. the question. <laughs> and to be honest, <laughs> like what I just said is the same no, thing. No, reframing takes the question and puts a new spin or a new angle on it. Flynn said, "I'm not going to answer that did. question." And I'm then, gonna and then the I question. literally, Jeff, I'd like, I'd like a ruling. But then, I'd like but a then ruling. I Jeff, did he reframe the question or did he change the question or is it the same thing? I think um, I retooled the question. They are not the same thing. He changed the question. Ah. Reframing the question right, well, that's just is nonsense. changing words around, but in a way that makes it more of a glittering generality. Cognitive reframing is like an actual just, therapeutic technique. That is not I what I just Flynn noticed did. that Huffcamp's Huff name in here changed to Huffcamp and Guests, and I love that. <laughs> I love that. Okay. okay, Guest, it's time for you to join our, our fun. Let's do a fictional battle royale. Fictional battle royale. I'm going to walk away again. Awesome. Let me tell you guys how this is going to go. Just walking away to we get a beer, going... by the way. No, it's <laughs> I'm not. I'm right my here. list of fictional battle royale. I was going to say, if he's, on a, if, he's, if he's had a whiskey and two beers already, we're about to get some Jeff Savannah action in here. Uh, he's man. had, Jeff is I like classic lightweight. one-third of an ounce of whiskey and a beer and a half. Excellent, excellent. All right, well, let's, let's so pick wasted. up the pace there, hombre. <laughs> All right. Uh, uh, and that is a 90-proof Google. Right, great. Our listeners should Google Tata Watch. TAU to watch Jeff Weckbach, and uh, you'll find this brilliant article about him from 2011. Um, so here's what we're going to do next. This fictional battle royale is more like one of the fictional squads we've done, like when we built the best bobsled team. No, we're I'm not fighting, fighting each I was, other. I was thinking that the okay. intro music was going a little hard for what we were about to be picking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going on a standard camping trip, and... The only rule is uh, for your camping trip, you're bringing four dads. No, it's parents. Four parents. Dads. Parents. 
Did we change the It's parents? been parents the whole time. You you read dads. I did not know that. I only found dads. Okay. <laughs> well, you're, we're getting four dads and moms and parental figures. Um, so adopted parents count. Um, and the goal is to build the best group of four people that you could possibly have the nicest, safest, funnest camping trip experience well. with. Period. Maybe just, I don't want to just say best. Just say best, best, best. I like that. Just say best, best campaign trip experience. That sounds great. Um, we each will go in order, playground style, not draft style. Jeff will go first as the guest. He will also choose the order in which we will go in, following him, and we will choose the best fictional character parents from all of film, television, and. I would like to. I'd like it on the record that I have now reread the text messages, and at no point did anyone say dads. Yeah, okay, so dads. And um, Jeff, you're up first, but first tell us the order and then tell us why. Like, tell us why you chose the order that you chose. So so I really feel bad for this person. They've just had a horrible night so far to start, and that's uh, Mr. Huffcamp. He uh, has not been doing well, so I feel like he needs a little bit of a boost here. So he's going to be first. And I know the least about being a parent of the four of us. Well, he's going to go second. Because you're uh, going first, yeah. but he's going to go Understood. second. That's fine. Well, it should go most about being a parent because he's done it twice now. And then least, allegedly, so between the, this household, also yeah. parents, two children. Leg- let's be clear. Legitimately, <laughs> that's true. Yes. Okay. So, Even though neither of Jeff's children look okay. like him at all. Look. <laughs> that's also true. We got some House of the Dragon <laughs> questions going yeah. on. They, they do get hurt a lot. Blonde hair, blue eyes is not what Jeff Before is. this, uh, we were looking, we were talking about like bad parents that would be, and I was like, oh, Cersei and Jamie. Uh, Lord um, <laughs> Like and Jeff was like, wait, what? And I was like, the incestuous parents of Game of Thrones. Yeah. And he goes, oh, I've seen the first episode. Yes. Yeah, they had sex in the first episode as brother and yep, sister. They did do that. You get it. Yeah, that was, that was my question. They were brothers and sisters said, in all the episodes. I said, were they out. the two that were in the tower? Uh, that was all yeah. I knew. So. Yeah. Uh, after that, after uh, Andrew, since Kevin did so well, he can be third in our order, and Flynn, you can round us out. Okay. Well, great. Okay. Quack buck, I'm, make I'm the first about pick. It I think there is a clear, clear number one here, but we'll see how it goes. Quack buck, who's the best? Yeah. Who are you picking first? To clear be number one, to I think hands down, Phil or Dunphy. Parent. I mean, I don't even know that yeah, I have to yeah, describe yeah. why That's Phil Dunphy is so great. Uh, I will be picking the truth. You can say that, but there's a clear number two, and I don't think you're picking that either. I'm so. worried Hubcamp's going to pick the true 101, and it's going to spite the hell out of me. And Hubcamp, are you taking notes? Oh, shit. Uh, because I don't want Jeff to see, I didn't pull up the drive that I usually take notes in. So, Damn it. So, so do I need yes, to I like, like describe these Why notes? did you pick Phil Dunphy well, in you picked 20 him seconds 101. Yeah. Right. Why? Because... <laughs> Say words. So, so Phil in Modern Family just knows how to always have fun no matter what circumstance is going on. And if I'm out camping, and let's say I'm a little kid that doesn't like being in the woods, Phil's going to find a way to make this enjoyable for me. We're going to get into some shenanigans, but they're going to be safe shenanigans where no one's going to get hurt. And if I'm an adventurous kid and I say, you know, need to learn a lesson, he could teach me a lesson at the same time. He, I don't know that he knows anything about camping, for what it's worth. I just think he's probably the best dad out there, so why not have him be the dad that comes with me for camping? Also a bold take, but okay. 
Hovcamp? Nigel Thornberry. Ah! <laughs> is that who you had, Kevin? Come on. Is that hilarious. it? Uh, I actually, I actually thought no one would have thought of Nigel. I, I didn't want so to I risk it. I did not want to risk it. I had him at. Two. I did. I was like, oh no, he's the best. I mean, it's like, it's like, how would, it's like how Phil Dunphy meets himself? David Attenborough. And if it, you can take or, that camping, uh, you do that. <laughs> like, do you want to know what's going or, on around you in the real world? Yes. Do you want the name, Phil the... Dunphy ludicrous dad, like fun having person? It's still Nigel Thornberry. It's incredible. He is the best camping dad or father or mother or parent of all time it is nigel thornberry and what's his how's he introduce himself <laughs> no <laughs> you can't you can't take it without no, doing it, it. No, I, I, I genuinely can't do it is that tim curry <laughs> i feel like it's tim curry and he's not someone you should do impressions of nigel Thornberry. do it i can't i can't i genuinely don't have i'm nigel thornberry like everything like, <laughs> <laughs> just don't have that one <laughs> Oh, God, I did. I genuinely incredible. like the Wild Thornberry. So, Kevin, you do get to take your one on one, but um, it's I do it's worse than Nigel. Uh, it's it's not because one of the things that's important for camping is equipment, and it is not a coincidence that one of the that the greatest TV dad in all of TV history owns a camping supply store, <laughs> and I'm going with Alan Matthews. Alan Matthews from Boy Meets World He's on the list. is the He's best the list. choice for the dad that you go camping with. First of all, he's awesome. Second of all, great dad. Third of all, he owns a camping store. You wouldn't have to buy well, anything. You just eventually go, owns it, a camping store. You do have to buy manager it. at a grocery I mean, store at the beginning. He is the manager at a grocery store in the beginning. That's great trivia, but he eventually owns a camping store, which is part of the argument for why he's a great Does choice. Does he here. buy that camping Sweet. store, or is it gifted to him? He actually, Amy buys it um, with their money, without talking to him ahead of time, and it turns out to be a thing that they're both cool with. Yeah, it is. Alan Matthews is. It's, it's is good. The it's good choice. He was. He's not the clear one on one. Because yeah. he's a worse person to take than Nigel Thornberry. Uh, Philadelphia is way more fun than both those guys put together. It's true. Go go rewatch an episode of the Wild Thornberries. Who do you think he Bill Dunphy got his shit the entire from? series of Boy Meets World. That beer tasted like whiskey. He was in a band called The Tongues. Yeah, that sounds creepy. Yeah, it doesn't that's I don't think you want that camping. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't want the tongue. You know what I want fewer of on my camping trip? Tongues. Yep. Yep. <laughs> there were five guys, all of them played guitar. And they were called the tongues. Alright, Flynn. Alright, my uh I think I need to take the my my person that that is going to make sure that shelters in place, that we have food, we have water, someone that has experience with this, and this is actually inspired by um, a listener uh, slash um, nemesis Cora, mm-hmm. uh, who had texted me after um, the, our ranking of balls and said, <sighs> "Where was Arch Wilson?" And I said, "Yep, totally forgot Wilson on on the balls." But I'm not going to forget Chuck Noland um, from Castaway, Tom Hanks in Castaway. Uh, he is dad and he is um 
able to survive, and he's going to make sure that we are equipped to survive on this camping trip. I am bad at these types of things, and so I need someone to take the reins on that, and so I'm going to take Chuck Noland. Okay. So, playground style means it's back to me, right? Yep. Molly Indeed Weasley. Does, yep. Oh, great choice. So, Molly, great choice. Molly, Molly's going to be able to use her magic. Whatever I need, it's going to happen. Also, fantastic <laughs> yeah, It's really, really cool that so, you have Chuck Nolan, Flynn. He'll definitely build a cool lean-to. <laughs> Hope Molly can't figure it out. <laughs> so, so uh, you this, know, is, this is our normal universe. She doesn't have magic. She, uh, well, regardless, that is not that is true not at all. Even if she doesn't have magic, she's going to be able to put me you know, make some hell of meals for us. So, like, not worried about that. Food's locked down, but uh, yeah. So Molly Weasley, hundred and ten percent. You could argue that Arthur Weasley is an equally competent camping chaperone slash partner um, on this as well, but not as good at making food. What I would like now that I have Nigel Thornberry, who, by the way, is like a naturalist, so lean-to building, we're good there, too. Um, what can he knowing, knowing what foods we can and can't eat, all that stuff, we've, I've literally got a naturalist on here. Um, but I want someone that's just that we're just going to have a good time that I'm going to drink probably a little too much whiskey with. And I'm going to just hear amazing stories the whole time. And that is one Theodore Lasso. I would like Ted Lasso to be with me on this camping trip. A loving father. And um, all-around good guy. Man of many talents. One not to be underestimated. Great for campfire s'mores and conversation. Do you have like a cricket sound that okay. you can play when there's like silence like that? No. We do? Okay. Um, it's built in. Okay. Usually there's a comment, but when sometimes when you just you hit a pick that everyone's like, yep, good pick, they just, they just accept it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, friend, that, that's not a cricket. <laughs> great, great, great. Uh, okay, so I've got Alan Matthews. He's going to have all the stuff we need. I am also a bit of a glamper. Um, like the idea of sleeping on the floor is not interesting to me. Um, the idea of being outside is not interesting to me. Not having air conditioning is not interesting. To me. So it was like... Who can I go camping with that can build essentially the most incredible simulation that makes me feel like the experience I'm having is enjoyable, yet I am actually just outside and in nature? Um, she might invalidate the reason to have the free camping supplies from Alan, but I'm going to go with uh, the Scarlet Witch. I think that... Um, now, this is interesting. She's a... Because hmm. her kids aren't yeah. real. They are hmm. in some universes. Yeah, but we live in 616. And that is canon. So... Hmm. We might hmm. live in 616. You don't know. I mean, obviously I'm going to let you have it because it's a terrible pick, but... Um, it's not. She can create 
a whole town from nothing. She's also incredibly helpful in self-defense. I don't need to get anybody else to protect us from bears or mosquitoes or anything else. Look, I don't know um, why Emily's there. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. I mean, listen. Scarlet Witch has never been bit by a mosquito. That's a fact. That's canon. <laughs> <laughs> it's canon. I don't think you know that. That's what I'm going with. That's what I'm going with. Because I just Googled awesome fictional moms that didn't know that we could do that. And, you know, <laughs> I thought it was just all dads. And I have very plain dads on the list. Uh, no dads mm-hmm. are all that helpful. So I'm going with... I'm going I with, think you uh, have bad cool. dads then. <laughs> I've got a I got lot pretty, of I got, I got some... I have some good dads. Grads. Uh, so. <laughs> Better than the goats. Oh if, if everyone's, if everyone's going to go with magic, I guess I need to as well. Uh, Samantha I don't have Stevens. magic and my team is better. I'm going to go with Samantha, Samantha Stevens from Bewitched. She's going to be able to get us some awesome stuff and uh, wiggle her nose and, and, and uh, conjure, conjure some awesome stuffs for us. So. Okay. I got Chuck I and Sam. Kevin, I cannot believe Kevin has not picked Schmidt yet. Yeah. <laughs> Is that glamping? Yeah, for sure. Spoiler alert. <laughs> I mean, it's like he's like glamping and all the I was like he's picking Schmidt now. <laughs> so so I too thought about glamping and how I really don't enjoy the outdoors all that much. And uh characters that can really assist in that uh endeavor and Ironically enough, while not the same character that Kevin picked, it is from the same universe, and Tony Stark is where my head went. Um, he is very crafty. He's That's probably a better going to be able to bring no shit, uh, yeah. oh, man, to bring all kinds of stuff to make this very enjoyable. And he, he can cross age groups. So we saw him with his daughter. He's fantastic with her. But if I'm older and I want to party... Tony's probably going to I think, have a I think the great one party. prerequisite is that they are fantastic with their children in some capacity. And, and, like, and, and he, be, he will love you 3,000. So, yeah. um, he was on my Tony list. He's he was one. on my list. I, like, what, what blends good father like Ted Lasso? Like, where's the overlap of the Venn diagram, you know, where Ted Lasso and this person are the same, but like they also couldn't be more different in their styles and their approaches and what they would bring to a campfire. Um, and I want Ted Lasso to tell the amazing story to be the heartwarming person to give me like lots of lessons. But I think I would like, I don't know which one to pick. I'm going with Gomez Adams um, as my, my third. That is a that is a tough choice. It yeah. is. Uh, I don't know. The reason if I I'm going gone with, with Gomez, Gomez over Morticia is I think Morticia is more is more just kind of matter of fact about things and sort of well we do things like this is the yes you can do that you do what you want and this is amazing and Gomez is more like fiery and feisty and some of it's Antonio Banderas's um, way of being in, the, in that movie. But I, either way, you're getting a gloomy, creepy fun weird dude that's also a great dad that's going to balance ted lasso flawlessly and still be an absolute delight on my camping trip great dad 
great horror stories, Gomez Adams. Fantastic with the sword. Great with the sword. Self defense. We got the. We got. He can probably slice a mosquito in half. That's a bold statement. It's a bold statement to say that Scarlet Witch is the protector of all things mosquitoes and bears. (laughs) (laughs) And the clear best mother ever for this, even though her kids were created fictionally. In some universes. In some universes. Thank you. For the record, you're, you can't pick the Scarlet Witch that you don't know because in the universes where her kids so aren't Kevin's really, next you pick don't is going to be Scarlet Witch uh, on Planet Six One Six. Yes, this is going to have David's fighting, right? <laughs> it's Schmidt. I'm taking Mufasa. Oh, I was going to do um, that at four. I didn't think anyone was going to do that. I think <laughs> it was on my Mufasa's list too. Awesome. Yeah. Um, I think he's a lion, and I'm sure of it, actually. And I um, <laughs> super redundant for warmth. protection from bears. <laughs> <laughs> but he'll provide warmth and guidance. Um, if I need to be read a bedtime story before bed, it's the voice of James Earl Jones. Well, that could be Darth Vader. Then. Um, well, welcome to my fourth pick, Cam. I'm not there yet. So it's just a bunch um, of James Earl Jones. Yeah. <laughs> That's all. Just all of them. Um, I think I think Mufasa's... I don't need to say why Mufasa's awesome. He's awesome. He's Mufasa. He's... Okay. I tell you That's what, fine. it's a really like, like solid... It. Like it, it's a really solid 20 minutes <laughs> of parenting from Mufasa. Yeah. <laughs> and we see a lot of, of Simba being a bad parents. I don't know um, if you would have explained a better reason yeah. why to not go over to the hyena area. Um, yep. Maybe he wouldn't have made so, bad you know choices. It's, it's an imperfect 20 minutes of parenting. Um, and then he's no longer parenting. around. That's not true. He lives in you. Mm-hmm. That's Rafiki. I mean, if you had picked Rafiki, you know, maybe we would have been onto something. Rafiki lives in you. I don't know Rafiki that Rafiki is a dad. The move, it, he is the father figure of Simba after Mufasa leaves, which is most of his life. That's just not Where true. do we stand on parent figures instead of biological parents? Make or your pick and we'll... And we, listen, if we shame you Uncle into, Phil has into not kids. doing it. I prefer that, that statement, yes. I want Baloo is also from... Fine. Oh, yeah. Baloo's from... Fine. Jungle, jungle Book. Baloo, Bagheera, and the Wolves. I 100%, I 100% disagree that it's fine. <laughs> I'm going to side with Kevin. Jeff's on this. Break he's the a, tie. He's a, he's I'm, a, I'm signing with he's Kevin. He's a mentor. Uh, you need uh, more. I, I thought all of the animals. Mentor figure Baloo is not a father figure. But no, 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 no. Fuck you. Bagheera is the father figure. He was raised by wolves. During the that wolves time. raised him. Hold on. Hold on. Yes. So if you've read the Jungle Book, like the actual book. Baloo is a, Baloo is a the mentor. Wolf. So Blue is not a wolf, therefore he does not qualify. But Yura then also. Can I qualify. agree with that. Yura then also. I would agree qualify. with that, but he said father figure, yes. and I think that you can make the argument. Bagheera is a father figure for He's him. He's not though. But you cannot make the argument. Bagheera In Rudyard Kipling's story, which is the basis for the movie, that is not true. If you if Blue's not allowed, Bagheera is not allowed. I don't know why you would choose Bagheera. It's a wolf. I'm not anyway, choosing Bagheera. You I'm apparently not, have it, to choose wolves in the story of Mowgli. Yes. That's unfortunate. Vetoed. 
So with that statement, it's two against one, Hofkamp. I, I, I agree with Hofkamp because he agrees with me. Had he chosen Obi-Wan as Anakin's father figure? No. Fine. No. Absolutely no. Palpatine no. is, is objective. That's a mentor. That's like the definition of a mentor. So is Palpatine. <sighs> Palpatine is actually a father, though, as we've learned. Well, I don't like that. But, but it's true. Gandalf, okay. because we, he's basically Frodo's dad. Uh, according to Ken. No, no, Bilbo, <laughs> Bilbo is more of a dad to Frodo yeah, than Gandalf is. So <laughs> That makes no sense. All right. Uh, I guess I'm going to... I'm going to go with someone that's going to bring um, the beer and the fun and um, some some sandwiches. I'm going to bring Marshall Erickson uh, and because he is going to be a blast to be on this camping trip with. He is a fantastic friend. Um, if we get in a fight with a bear, he's going to he's gonna be able to fight him off. Uh, but also he's going to be having a really fun time. <laughs> We're obviously fighting bears, Hove Camp. Okay? It's like, hey, who would you like to go camping with? It's like, definitely someone that can protect me from a bear. That's one of the things I need most. You also have Samantha Stevens on your team. And your argument for why Marshall Erickson's great is bear fighting. (laughs) But the main reason is beer. Um, And he'll bring bring the fun. I want to have fun with Marshall Erickson. Can I clarify something? Are these, like, our parents, like, in this scenario? What do you mean? No. Like, no? Okay. Why would we have four parents? No, no. I mean, like, let's say one of them was our parents. That's going to be a big piece for my final pick. Why would we bring, like, we don't have four parents. We try Um, not to replace loved ones in these rankings. I'm not trying to do that. I'm just saying... Fictionally, if this it comes up, if this comes if this up. were if this were my parents, uh, my fourth pick would be easy. Um, if it's not, we already parent, built a family. You'll it, have to listen to that episode Jeff's, at some point. If it is Jeff's dad, he wants Pongo, but since it's not, he'll pick something different. Yeah. All right. So, man. I got a lot of choices still left. And uh, yeah, I figured you would. Since it's not my parent, that makes this harder. <laughs> right. Jeff went from two picks like 40 minutes before we started recording, I think, to like 20 and realized he probably needed seven. Well, because <laughs> it's why Flynn is never prepared for one of these ever. He's just looking them up as we go. Yeah, this is a complete flip uh, because if it were my parent, it would be Jason Voorhees' mom. But it, since it's not my parent... She would kill all of us, so that makes zero sense. Um, so, with that in mind, I think I'm going to go with Mr. Peabody. I need one. I need. I need ten more seconds about why again you want Jason Voorhees' mom. If your mom. if it is my mom and I'm going camping, <laughs> and anything happens to me, Jason Voorhees' mom will avenge my life. Hard to argue that logic. But since it is not my mom, <laughs> and that does not matter, because that actually means that she'd be there to avenge Jason, which would mean any camper with us would die, I will not pick her and go with Mr. Peabody, because we will have some fun. He's very intelligent. He knows all kinds of shit. And 
if we're not liking the camping thing, he can take us on a little adventure to any part of history as we would want. So, Mr. Peabody. And he's also a dog, and dogs are fantastic, as we established earlier with the Cerebus uh, debate. I still think oh, sorry, as I established I still think earlier. Pongo was a better dog to choose. Of mythological creatures? No, than Mr. Peabody. Yeah, I know. I was just, just kidding. Is Pongo mythological? Not the Dalmatian, the name. Like, is there a different Pongo? Like, was he named after mythological creatures? No. Okay, good. No. I did not think anyone was going to pick Mufasa, so this actually sucks now because I don't like, I don't love any of the <laughs> other ones I had come up with before. You can pick Jason Voorhees' mom. I don't either. I, you know, Herman Munster's redundant now that I've got an Adams in there. I debated to do Ned Flanders. I feel like it'd be a terrible pick. He, though, if you remember the episodes where they go camping, is a master of all things camping. <laughs> God bless you. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> you woke up, you Allison. Stupid sneezes. <laughs> <laughs> what is Wait, yours? What is, what is your sneeze again? Oh no, that's uh, it. No, it's. Uh, it's what are you talking? Like, oh, when I blow my nose, it's a trumpet. <laughs> What the, what is the noise you just made? It was a dolphin. <laughs> I couldn't remember what your sne- I couldn't remember why your sneezes sucked. It was blowing the nose to sound like a, like an air horn. You just made a random dolphin air. noise, and you were like, "That's how you sneeze." You know what? It turns out I can make dolphin noises, and I didn't know that. So we call it apparently. Dolphins. Apparently, apparently, you should choose a parent. Oh man! Seriously, apparently, yeah, you got some one. interesting ones there. I do have some interesting names here. A couple that I don't know what the hell that means. I just I just imagined Mufasa was patrolling the outside of the campsite at this point, and the camping was perfect. This was the one time that I feel very thwarted by a bad pick. Is, is Alex Trebek a fictional character? No, but Flynn's a bad whistler. He's fine. He does it at work a lot, and sometimes I have to say something about it. So you just don't like whistling. You you complain about how I whistle, how I, I sing, am just how going I to chew, I think, how I, I think act, there's how one I person dress, there's one person that type. will just navigate all three of the personalities I've got seamlessly, fit in with all three of them, and be also a good parent. And that is Brian Cranston. From Malcolm in the Middle, Hal. Okay, I was like, he comes with a camper. It's like, um... About to to do a lot of drugs and murder if you take one of them, so... (laughs) Protection! He will throw out, like, a bomb outside or whatever that he crafted from science. Things he does. He does know. Hal Hal and Malcolm in the Middle, he's just a... He's an underrated dad, and I think that uh, he compliments everything that we've got going on here flawlessly. Yeah, he's Danny Tanner light. Um, Danny Tanner 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 wishes he was Hal. Oh, God, that's... Oh, that's that's just not true. Um, (laughs) Well, I mean, he does make a hell of a lot more money than Hal, so that's... That's fair. (laughs) I... um, I seem to have made the mistake of creating a very introspective and boring group of people. Oh, I should have picked God. Time with. I thought yeah, about your that. team sucks. 
God's God's real. God's not fictional. So um, so yeah, to work with yeah. Mufasa and uh, Scarlet Witch and Scarlet Witch and wait, did um, you say my team's terrible or Kevin's? You know, out, mine. I'm talking about mine. Kevin, is a little bit about. introspective and boring. Um, and so I'm gonna just lean all the way into that and just like I'm just gonna surround myself with awesome humans. There's no. You have fun. a lion. One of your I'll, people I'll, isn't a human, <laughs> and and one of them. I'll try totally to. I'll try to. Town, so like, <laughs> I will. Try and one of them's the villain in one of the top just, ten greatest horror movies of all time. I'm gonna ignore that and just call this like a retreat weekend for me, and I'm gonna bring the greatest dad of fiction in all of film, television, or literature. The greatest dad ever. Atticus Finch. Uh, and I'm gonna take Atticus Finch. Yeah, he's gonna Christ. come with me. Um, he's a sharpshooter. Uh, he could shoot something coming at us from a mile away. And um, he's an attorney, and he's awesome. So I'm gonna bring Atticus Finch because it's just the right way to round out this group of four. I, that's an interesting way to round out. He was not the racist one in that book, right? No, very much. Not. Okay, just making sure that I got that he's right. Atticus Finch. Remember when I just said he's the greatest dad? You were like, "Oh, but except the racism." I mean, you, I mean, Kevin, seriously? I don't remember the details of To Kill a Mockingbird. So, but you're aware I'm not down with racism. So, I don't like, know I picked that. a character. You you said that we were all fine with dog fighting earlier. So yeah, I yeah that's what I mean. Yeah. This is Jeff's yeah. first podcast. He doesn't know you yet. A lot of stuff's <laughs> coming out about Kevin tonight. That did happen. I did say that. So, with the last pick, I have a lot on my list that is still there uh, because you all didn't take them. The only two that were on my list that were actually chosen were Phil Dunphy and Iron Man. Um the others you had a shite list. list what a yeah, garbage well, list <laughs> do you well, know how many better picks have happened bold. that weren't on your list then? i think at least four if not five of mine have been picked molly weasley wasn't yeah. on your list yeah no. he's pretending to have a list I, he's never do you want me to share my screen right now um i even have 100 okay yes so we I didn't can know that judge was a thing. <laughs> think I think I can do that. Ted Lasso um, was on your list. Nigel Thornberry was obviously. Alan Matthews. Kevin's offended by that one. Oh, I can't do it. Neither okay, of the Adamses. Uh, no. Um, so, Jesus. so here, here's who's on my list that I still have not chosen. I'll just read you the the names on my list: Betty Rubble, Joyce Byers, Ned Stark, Amazing. Sheriff Andy Andy Taylor, Jim Hopper. Terry Jeffords, uh, Zeus, and Ron Swanson. Are, are, are the Zeus's. Mm. Also, I don't. If we can't pick God, you can't pick Zeus. Um, <laughs> How am I going to be protected from Greek bears if I don't have Zeus? Any more wrong than which, ours? Which religious like denomination? Isn't Dwight Schrute like I'm all a, of them? Isn't he a dad? I don't Catholic think Dwight Schrute's a dad. I'm going <laughs> to pick Eddie <laughs> Rubble. <laughs> Wait, didn't Bright didn't Dwight Schrute end up being the dad? Yeah, Dwight, Dwight Schrute is a character Dwight's that is dad. a dad. All right, I'm picking Betty Rubble. Um, this is she, she grew up in a way that uh, was, uh, you know, living in the outdoors. She can she can teach us her ways. Um, I think Betty Rubble is. Is this Roseanne Roseanne Barr? Betty Rubble. I'd rather uh, she's not. She's going to do a fantastic Roseanne job Barr. at grilling up all that dinosaur meat you find. 
Yes, absolutely. So yeah, I, I Faye think, Rebel. I, um, we I can just share a tent wonder if, she if wants. there were three better parents in the Flintstone to choose for your candidate. <laughs> <than Faye Rebel. laughs> <laughs> if you weren't going to let me choose Zeus, then I was going to choose uh, Betty Rebel. So um, obviously, yeah, that's you my think Jim Halpert is better at defending you against bears than Dwight Schrute. Who said that? He did. You know, Marshall Nobody Erickson defends that. him from Bears. Samantha Marshall Stevens, Erickson. I don't know what her role in this is. <laughs> so I did him. Jim was this. on your list. On my list. Jim was on your list. No, he and wasn't. And Dwight's not. And you, Jim Hopper, Jim from, Hopper is on your Jim list. Jim Hopper from Stranger Things. Hop- you know, the Hopper. sheriff. Okay. Yes. Who is sheriff. also is better at defending from Bears than Betty Rubble. That's true. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Listen, if you weren't going to let me defend myself from bears with Zeus, I was going to pivot and just go with Betty Rebel because she's awesome and we can share a tent if she wants. I love, so, I love um, Rebel. Who would like to recap? <laughs> I, uh, I think we just got to the bottom of why Flynn chose Betty Rebel. No, no, we remember this. This is this has come up very early on in the podcast. He's got a Betty Rebel yeah, thing. Listen, listen. In, the, in this universe, I forgot about this. maybe. Um so you could go camping. When this Betty. universe is the universe that me, you, Kevin, and Jeff currently live in, <laughs> that's the universe that's I'm talking about. He's on. He's on. He's on the list for Lauren. Lauren's aware. She's Lauren's aware. aware. <laughs> if, if that if I ever come Betty across Rubble Betty, Betty Rubble, then uh, then 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 game on. You know. Flynn is so <laughs> incredibly attracted to Roseanne Barr, and I <laughs> get it. it. Yep. I do. I, no, it's not Roseanne Barr. It's no. What's her name? Rosie O'Donnell. It's, it's not Roseanne. It's Rosie O'Donnell. That's you Betty Rubble. Yeah, actually, there is a he real likes life Rosie O'Donnell. Of Betty Rubble. Yeah. That's who it is. I That's who he's that. attracted to. Uh, Rosie O'Donnell. You know what's funny is that he's calling Rosie O'Donnell Roseanne Barr this whole time, and I just just like whatever. This makes sense. Yeah, same, um, same person. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I mixed I mixed them up. They're vastly they different. Are. They, they're um, kind of the opposite. Equally um, annoying and equally opposite. Who wants to recap? I feel like Quack camp, you took notes. had yeah, Bill Dunphy, <laughs> Molly Weasley, Tony Stark, and Mr. Peabody. Which is, uh, funny enough, the same title as Kevin. Um, Hof Camp had Nigel Thornberry. I, very good, I, oh very God, good try. Thank like, you. I appreciate. I felt like I, it was I bad. Appreciate. Uh, Ted was bad. It was but they were always going to be bad. Ted Lasso, Gomez Adams, and Hal from Malcolm in the Middle. I I've seen that like every episode of Malcolm in the Middle. I have no idea what their last name is. Okay, no one else does either. Uh, Kevin has Alan it's Matthews, Scarlet Witch, Mufasa, and Atticus Finch. In a what we will call a draft that's gone awry, um, Flynn has. We'll call it an, a, 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 an awakening retreat of sorts. Oh, Flynn, gonna, Flynn's the one that's I'm gonna talk Flynn's about the one that's gunning for an awakening, if you know what I mean. Uh, he has Chuck Nolan, Samantha Stevens, Marshall Erickson, and Betty Rubble, Rosie O'Donnell. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I, I see uh, no notes. I have no, no notes. notes. Um, I already read you my is... uh, my entire list that I have, so um, I don't have any other. I will shout give outs Jeff. I, need to I make. will give Jeff two shout outs right right now. 
What do you mean by shout outs? Uh, yeah. Who did not? Who was like, not on? Yeah. The, who did I not just name on one of our teams that you had on your list oh, that you shit. think maybe should have been on one of our? Well, lists? I already said Ned Flanders earlier uh, because he is by far like the epitome of a Boy Scout, and he's gonna know how to keep you alive. Um, if you all remember the episode where they go on their camping trip, fantastic job. Um, I regret this already. Yeah. And uh, I can't say Jason's mom. I had Mufasa. Who else did I have on there? Uh, we Stacy's mom. I almost Jason. put Stacy's mom. Crossed my mind. Put Stacy's mom. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> crossed my mind. Yeah. We were all on the same page. Eh? I was like, "What is she gonna do?" But I was like, "It'd be funny." <laughs> She's got it going on. Okay. <laughs> all right. I think that is the time that no one asked for it. Um, we gave it to him anyway, and uh, you know what? She does have it going on. Have a drink on us, and we will see you next week slash month slash decade. Whenever we decide to release everything again. <laughs>